Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Derek Belch, founder and CEO of Striver. They're a company that provides immersive learning solutions. That means they combine virtual reality tools with content and implementation services. We'll talk about how it all works and where it's going on this edition of People Tech. Derek, welcome. So can you give me a brief overview of Striver and what it does? Sure. Striver uh, uses virtual reality. At, at the most basic level, Striver uses virtual reality for employee training. Um, if we want to go a little more, little more nuanced than that, um, Striver has built a enterprise-grade software platform that allows organizations to create virtual reality content, manage that content you know, remotely through the cloud, uh, manage devices, and we have a very substantive data and analytics portal for our customers. Okay. Now, th- does that mean that you're sort of governing every session from a central platform? Or are th- is every user's um, headset working? On its own. Yeah, that, that's a great question. So, so I'll kind of give you like a two-part answer. So, first off, Striver, as of today, we are an end-to-end solution. Um, it's very early in the market right now, and you know there are a lot of companies, a lot of startups out there, and, and even large companies um, attacking different pieces of the value chain uh, to put VR in the hands of organizations for employee training. Uh, with the exception of hardware, we do not make hardware. Now, we have to do a lot of things to like touch the hardware and provision the hardware and get it ready to go, which I'm happy to talk about if necessary. Um, but with the exception of hardware, we're literally doing everything else. We're making content. We are, um, we are doing strategy and alignment sessions with our customers. We, we ship devices out. We do change management. We have data analytics. So we, we, from a, from a, And we built all the software to make that happen. So from a software and a services perspective, We've built pretty much everything that you need, an organization needs to successfully deliver train, VR training to their associates. Now, the other part of that answer is um, what's happening when an employee puts a headset on their face. And uh, the answer to that is, well, it could be a couple of things. Many of our customers actually, as of today, when they use Striver, uh, that headset is operating in offline mode. Uh, because they want it to be kind of locked down. They don't want people playing games. They don't want them in the, in the Oculus store or whatever's going to happen. So we, we, in that sense, that headset is like dark to the world when they're using it. And it doesn't go back online until we tell it to go online. <laughs> um, and, then, and, then, and then when it does, we can upload, you know, upload and download different pieces of content. We can get the data analytics that we need to do. We can remote into devices if there's a, a technical challenge. The list is very long of what we can do once it's online. Um, and then in other cases, sometimes customers use use uh, Striver streaming, you know, pulling it down directly from uh, an, on, an internet connection in real time. So kind of a long-winded answer, uh, not, not super simple, um, but, you know, it, to, in a nutshell, we are kind of powering the, the entire experience as of today. Well, you know, you say not a, not a short answer, but I don't know how you could answer that. <laughs> briefly. Um, you know, I was um, able to to try out um, Striver, and there are parts of it that are, are really impressive. I mean, more impressive than I would have expected. 
Um, I'm talking about recordings of users themselves that sort of mimic the movement the person made and um, walking around an airplane, uh, a jet, um, to learn how to fix it. You talk a little bit about how you make that all happen. Sure. So the, the, the metaphor that I love to use when talking about VR period, but then, and then we'll go to Striver specifically, is a flight simulator. So, you know, why, do pi- why have pilots used flight simulators for decades? Well, it's because they're basically flying the plane without actually flying the plane, and they can get those repetitions again and again and again until they prove that they're going to fly the plane the right way in the real world, right? They're not going to crash the plane and kill anybody flush a $100 million asset down the drain, et cetera. So at Striver, we take a flight simulator-like approach when we engage with our customers. And first, Mark, that, that's from a through the lens of, of building content, where we actually you know, sit down, I mentioned this before, you know, we actually sit down and do almost like strategic consulting engagements with customers. All right, well, tell me how you train your workforce. Where do you train them? Why do you train them? What do you train them on? You know, where do you see VR fitting in? What kind of ROI are you looking for here? Right, the list is very, very long. And so, um, you know, what, what's on your mind? Like, we we hear a hundred ideas from customers, and candidly, most of the time, eighty of them aren't aren't a very good use for the technology. And so, we kind of got to whittle that list down smaller and smaller. So, so we start with with heavy, heavy strategic consulting. Um, and then from there, you know, we're doing, we're building learning plans. We're, we're doing hardcore instructional design and writing scripts. We're either, uh, you know, obtaining assets by filming uh, 360 video in a live environment or building 3D models. And then we go and we actually build the, mo- the learning modules with our authoring tools that we've built as well, which is part of the platform. So it really is a soup to nuts process. And that's like the first lens, which is like the content build. We want the content build to resemble a flight simulator as much as possible, where an associate, an employee puts a headset on their face and feels like they are in the shoes they would be in in their job. Whether that is on an assembly line, whether that's in a Walmart store, whether that is you know sitting across from an avatar, you know I have to verbally fire this person and how's that gonna go? <laughs> they feel, it feels real, right? That's, that, that's what we're going for from a content perspective. And then the second half of this is the vision. And again, back to the flight simulator. Today, the industry, and Striver's no different, but we're further along than others, it's very much a content-first sale, very much a content-first engagement. Well, we're trying to build the flight simulator. So our vision is all about predictive analytics. And we want to productize what is happening in and around the content to where when Mark takes the headset off after going through his training, Mark's employer will know if Mark is prepared to do the job. And as of today, how are we measuring preparedness? Did you take the training or didn't you? What what was your score on a multiple choice exam? It's just a check in the box on some of these 2D mediums. Whereas VR allows for a learning by doing experience and you can actually prove efficacy and that you know what you're going to do when the real world comes along. Now, it, it seems that in the last few years, more companies have been getting into this space, um, both VR in general and VR uh, learning in particular. What, um, what sets Striver apart? 
Yeah, great question. So first off, let's acknowledge what, what, what you've said is an accurate statement. The tide is rising for sure. There are a lot, there's a lot of, you know, there was that kind of initial push of investment dollars back in 2014, 15, when it was more kind of a pure consumer play. And then there was a little bit of a cool off period. And now there's a lot more money going back into VR, given that consumer usage is, is actually on the rise uh, quite, quite significantly. You know, probably COVID probably helped with that, with people being stuck indoors for the, the better part of 2020. But um, so the, the tide is rising for sure. And, and, and what makes Striver different and, and our competitive advantage is really all about, uh, it comes down to two things. Number one, we are an end-to-end solution. So we, we look our customers in the eye, we show them the value chain of what it takes to pull this off. And we say, if you want to do this yourself, we are happy to give you a list of vendors in each of these columns and good luck. But it's going to take it's going to take longer. It's going to cost more, and it's probably going to fail if you do that. <laughs> uh, we're we're just very direct with with our our customers about that. So the fact that while while the market is being built and the categories are being built, the fact that we do basically everything is a huge competitive advantage for us. Not only can we pull pull it off and actually back put our money where our mouth is and you know back up what we say we're going to deliver. But also, you know, we've just learned more than everyone else across the, the spectrum. I mean, even, you know, even the companies that are making hardware and, and making it very successfully with Oculus under Facebook, HTC, um, you know, Lenovo, Hewlett Packard, eventually Apple, Microsoft, like they're all calling us and we, we tell them something new every time we talk. And they're like, oh, wow, that was interesting. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that that's, that that's what an organization would need to be successful. So We've just built a ton of trade secrets in addition to a lot of IP. So that's kind of like the, the first part of it. And then the second part is, is we can scale. Um, we have built the software infrastructure. Um, we have the, the people, the bodies, the humans um, to be able to do this at scale and uh, objectively, not arrogantly, because I've met with every other you know startup under the sun at this point in this space. Um, no one else has that. Uh, and we do. And, and so obviously our job is to take advantage of this lead that we have over everyone and make it bigger over time and not let people catch up to us. So. Okay. Now, to talk a little bit about the, um, the learning itself, does VR learning fit with some topics better than others? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, as I alluded to earlier, we, we hear a lot of ideas from customers. <laughs> and, you know, they're, they're usually the same, um, you know, virtual tours of, of headquarters, uh, data visualization and, and onboarding and, and all, all these other things that were like, yeah, why not just keep doing that in 2D? You know, like that's Microsoft Excel in VR is not, not a great use of, of, of the technology right now. And we hear you on the virtual tour of headquarters, but, that's going to be pretty boring after like 19 seconds, you know, and, and they're just looking around in an office. What's the big deal? So what we focus on are action oriented things, skill building things, decision making moments, and, and the four buckets of use cases that, that we've observed at this point, kind of the themes are operations, process, procedures, whether it's like literally doing a task um, or, you know, mentally making a decision, a situational awareness type thing, something operational. Bucket two is safety and hazards. A lot of stuff on the, on, that can fall into that bucket. Bucket three is customer service. And bucket four 
is soft skills. Um, you know, management training, giving and receiving feedback, all, all things associated, you know, uh, empathy, uh, put myself in that person's shoes type type thing. So those are the four buckets. Um, as of today, I think VR is best for buckets one and two, the operational and the, and the, the safety and hazards buckets. Um, you know, more of a, I like to say kind of more of like a frontline worker type use case as of today. But we've already started doing buckets three and four with many of our customers, customer service and soft skills. And certainly, you know, the knowledge worker is the other half of the workforce in, in America and in the world. And that's where this is going to go over time. Um, it's going to be a frontline worker tool and a knowledge worker tool. Now, how does it stack up in terms of cost? I think most people believe something like VR is going to just be expensive. Um, is it? Uh, it can be, but I mean, what what's expensive? <laughs> like, you know, I, I, honestly, as of today, it it's not that far off from a lot of 2D learning methods. You know, the making of an e-learning module, a, a short film, a commercial, uh, flying, you know, 20 executives into a one city for a three-day workshop. I mean, it, it's not that far off. Uh, you know, you're, you're, if you're, and I don't want to, I don't want to uh, go too deep on every nook and cranny, but you know, you, you probably, if, if, if we're talking about just building a content, uh, a piece of content, you could find everything from a million dollars, you know, high end, crazy, uh, you know, George Lucas esque uh, content to free because someone's so desperate to get a logo on their website that they'll give it to you for free, right? So if we set free aside. Um, you know, I would say, and, and we set them, if we set the polls aside, I would say most module learning modules are, are anywhere in the $30,000 to $130,000 range um, as far. And that, that's not that far off from a lot of, you know, kind of what exists today in within the old way of learning. Um, and then you have hardware and yeah, uh, you know, buying 50,000 headsets is probably going to add up to several million dollars, just like buying 50,000 computers and tablets and phones, Right. And so maybe an organization isn't quite ready yet uh, for that level of spend based on the ROI that they're, they've yet to see. But buying a couple dozen headsets, a couple dozen headsets, even a couple thousand headsets, it's not cost prohibitive. Uh, it's not cost prohibitive for the Fortune 1000, maybe for a mom and pop shop. So we're kind of, we're not quite there yet. The market's not quite ready for uh, the democratization of the technology and, and the cost associated with a, a small business per se. But for large organizations, it's it's not it's not expensive and the ROI is real from where we sit at least. So, okay. last question: <clears throat> Where do you want the technology to be? What do you wish that VR could do right now? And do you think it's going to get there eventually? Are, are you referring, Mark, to like the headsets themselves, or just the whole the whole world of VR technology? The the whole world. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how long do we have? That that's a. <laughs> I, I have a very long wish list. Um, you know, so the the hardware has has improved very significantly over the last five six years, um, but it has to get better. It, it has to be less of a a brick on your face and more of a pair of swim goggles or glasses or you know something that is less obtrusive, cumbersome, heavy, hot you know, what, what, whatever, um, you know, the field of view has to improve, the resolution has to improve. So 
the hardware just has to get better. I mean, that is, and, and it's not, it's not bad today. It, it, it's totally good enough for a really awesome user experience as Striver and, and lots of others are, are proving, but that that's number one on my wish list is, is hardware to improve significantly to where that is not an area of friction for an end user. Um, I mean, I'll just tell you straight up. We, we, here we are in 2021 and I've done hundreds of demos over the last few years. And I still have, folks that don't want to put it on their face because they're worried it's going to mess up their hair and makeup. And like that, that's just where we are right now. Um, and, and so, so that, that has to improve obviously. And then obviously there's a lot of other stuff that I mentioned. So first off is hardware. And then the second part of it is, and this isn't, this is just, again, that's why I asked like how, you know, are we talking just the hardware or bigger, you know, and it goes back to our vision as a company, you know, what, what needs to happen for that flight simulator to be real, right? Like what, from an AI perspective, from a content perspective, from a degrees of freedom with the device perspective, from a, um, from a, a change management and, and, and social acceptance perspective and companies, you know, making enough room in, in a building for, for devices. Um, you know, the reason why flight simulators are so effective is because when the pilot walks in, they're literally walking into a cockpit. Like I've been in one, they, they look identical, the cockpits. And so for us at Striver, we need, A, we need our own product to be able to do this, but B, there's a lot of things outside of our own product that we don't control necessarily, that we need that experience to feel like a flight simulator for an employee. When when they they put that headset on and they're like, holy blank, like I am in the store. I am in the restaurant. I am sitting at my desk and there is no, there's nothing that can distinguish uh, different. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nothing that can break that extended sense of reality. Right. Um, so that, that, that's really, and there's a lot that goes into that, but I think that's, that's, that's my dream right there from a vision perspective. Derek, thanks for visiting today. Thank you, Mark. Anytime. My guest today has been Derek Belch, the founder and CEO of the immersive learning company Striver. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. 
Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.